So people will say, what's the difference between, you know, being a marketer for an NFL team and being a marketer for a media company? And the answer is absolutely that eight or nine times a year, at minimum, you are putting on a show for 70,000 people who love you in ways that's even hard to describe. I can't really describe what it feels like to stand on the field and hear that many people, you know, rooting for this thing that you've been given the, the opportunity to kind of steward. Welcome to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores exceptional career success stories, inspiring and insightful personal brand journeys that answer the question, are you coffee or are you Starbucks? Fascinating conversations with leaders about their career breakthroughs from entertainment, tech, media, and more. You'll learn how they've turned up the volume on their brand to unlock success. Firsthand, uncensored, and real, as told by people who've been there, and plenty of inspiration and practical tools to help you lead with your brand every day as you drive towards your next career breakthrough. And now, here's your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Hey everybody, Jason Patria here, and you are listening to the Lead With Your Brand podcast, which is the podcast for folks just like you who are looking to turn up the volume, show your value, and lead with your brand to your next career breakthrough. Well, we've got another great show for you. I've got an old friend on. It is Jen Cavanaugh, who is the SVP of Marketing and Media for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, the fabulous NFL team. But Before we get to Jen, I want to talk a little bit about the difference between the way that you feel on the inside and what we see. Now, this week I was honored to do a Train the Trainer where I was working with one of my clients to help upskill and practice skills for their leaders who will be training a bunch of awesome uh, programs for their workforce. And I was sitting with one amazing leader from this organization, and she was just killing it. She was amazing up on the platform. And then we stopped, the buzzer rang, and and I took feedback uh, from the group and from her. And, and I said, you know, what did you do well? And she immediately said, oh my gosh, I was horrible. I'm so nervous. Uh, I, I, I'm just looking at the material. I'm trying to get everything straight. And the entire group looked at her and said, no, we didn't see that at all. Like, you came across as so confident. You're just such a rock star. And she came back and she said, oh, I don't know. I, I can't believe it because I'm I'm just so nervous. And I said, you know what? Let's hit the pause button here. And I just reached out to the group and I said, you know what? What did you see and hear her do or say during the session that you all think that she is super confident? And the group kind of came back and they were puzzled for a minute because they all were feeling like like she's confident and she's smart. And I said, yeah, but what did you see and hear her do? Because ultimately, your brand is about what we see and hear you do. It's about those actions and behaviors. So when I re-asked the question to the group, I started to hear very specific things. They said, you know what? She looked directly at me when she talked to me and when she asked me a question. And I said, perfect. That is a repeatable action and behavior. Somebody else said, you know what? She she just stood up so straight and her feet were planted and she walked around, you know, with, with intention. Her legs weren't crossed and 
she didn't have her hands on her hips. She just came across as very strong and confident. And I said, absolutely. So when our feet are planted, when we have our body language open, when we walk towards people with a a sense of intentionality, that comes across as confident. And then I even chimed in and said, you know what I heard in your voice? You really spoke from, uh, you know, from way down in the diaphragm. We really heard that baritone resonance uh, in, in your voice. And suddenly she realized that there was a difference between how she was feeling on the inside and what we were seeing on the outside. And I think that is so critical. You know, people come to me all of the time and they'll say things like, oh my gosh, I just get so shy and nervous when I'm interacting with people at a networking event or I'm I'm going to a big conference or one of our corporate training sessions at our company and I, I just don't know what to do. And you know what I always tell folks? There's that difference between what you feel on the inside and what people see. Your brand is defined by what people see. So I always tell folks, hey, if you're, if you're shy and nervous on the inside, what are those actions and behaviors that tell the audience something different? If you're going to that network reception and you walk in and you smile and when you walk by each person, you just say, hey, how are you doing and keep moving? Those things project confidence, right? If you are at one of those events and maybe what you do is you volunteer to grab your phone and take photos for the event planner, whether it's for your employee resource group or corporate communications or the association that you're working with, when you go up to people and say, hey, folks, can I just grab a picture for the newsletter? That demonstrates confidence. So think about what those actions and behaviors are that you can demonstrate that are going to help you get past those feelings you might be on the inside that you know are inconsistent with the brand image you want to play. Now, let me give you a personal example that I found myself in. You know, there's often times when I show up and I'm getting ready to speak or I'm flying in early in the morning and I show up and I'm going to be doing a training class and I'll often and come in and, and I'll be a little bit irritated or frustrated that the room isn't set up in the most conducive way. And, and you know what I've realized? You know what? People can read irritation and frustration on my face, and that's not the brand that I want to portray. So what have I taught myself to do? You know what? Maybe I need to walk around and smile. Maybe I need to go say hi to everyone and introduce myself. Maybe when I make a request, I need to phrase it as, hey, what if we did X, Y, Z instead of I need this changed, right? It's all about thinking about what your brand image and managing those emotions and feelings you're having on the inside. You may not be able to choose your feeling in the moment, but you certainly can choose your actions and behaviors. Well, I am thrilled about today's guest. It is Jen Kavanaugh, the Senior Vice President of Media and Marketing for the Eagles. Now, Jen has been the SVP of Media and Marketing and is responsible for leading the strategic and creative development of the team's brand, original content, marketing, digital, media, and experiential strategies. Now, under her leadership, the Eagles have grown its programming to include multiple streaming series and podcasts, as well as a new interactive strategy and experiences designed to engage the team's 9.5 million fans globally across all of the Eagles platforms. Now, Jen has spent more than 15 years in media and entertainment. Before the Eagles, she founded and 
headed a strategic advisory firm working with Fortune 500 companies, television networks, and high-growth startups. Prior to that, she was the principal at Brave Media Ventures, where she led advisory work for media and consumer brands, placing an emphasis on brand strategy, sales strategy, marketing strategy, organizational development, and over-the-top strategy. Prior to that, Jen spent six years at NBC Universal as Senior Vice President of Digital at the Oxygen Network. We'll be back in just a few moments with Jen Kavanaugh. For over 25 years, Jason has coached, trained, and developed thousands of leaders and executives, helping them achieve their next career breakthrough. He's a featured speaker at global conferences and companies to help everyone bring their best authentic self to work, show their value, and lead with their brand every day. Get more tips and tools at leadwithyourbrand.com. And we are back. I am here with one of my favorite people. It is Jen Kavanaugh, the Senior Vice President of Media and Marketing for the Eagles. Jen, what is going on? Jason, how are you? You're one of my favorite people, too. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for Yay. having me. Of course, because I need a little bit of your fabulous energy and, <laughs> uh, and, and expertise, because we've got so much to talk about. But Jen, first, kick off and tell us what is exciting and happening over with the Eagles. Well, so much is exciting and happening. As you know, we're in our off season now, which always makes me laugh because people say, oh, it's the off season. You must have all this time to kind of relax and recover. And the truth is that this is a 365 day a year league and job, which is really fun. We're essentially getting ready to go into draft. We've got three first round draft picks, which if you know anything about football is a big deal. So we're just, you know, using this time to basically plan and strategize for next season, tell a bunch of great stories. So this is this is always like a fun strategic kind of moment for all of us. Yeah. And so, Jen, I know you are, you know, a, a fabulous person at networking and getting out there and, and meeting people. Tell me, when you first meet people, how do you introduce yourself and explain what it is that you do and who you are? Wow, that's a really good question. You know, I've thought a lot about this in the past couple of years because my career has been interesting in the sense that I didn't always work in sports. And I like to tell people that my belief previously was that in order to work in sports or be successful in sports, that you had to have majored in sports and had really great sports internships and you were probably an athlete. And the truth is the through line to my career has really been entertainment mm. and telling stories and bringing brands to life. And so the way I think I now explain it, which is probably different from the way I may have explained it three years ago, is, you know, that we're here to inspire and serve the greatest football community in the world. And we have so many tools in our toolkit to do that storytelling is one of those. We, like you, have podcasts and create all kinds of original videos and engage with our community on the ground. And so in that sense, whether it was working for you know a cable network or in this case, an NFL team, that is what I do. It's about connecting you know people and brands with the communities that are going to care about them. 
who I love that, right? It's all about connecting, connecting people. And Jenna, you you really mentioned you you didn't grow up in the sports world, right? And you've had right. this sort of like really great career in the marketing uh, space. When you look back over your career, what have been some of those moments that you've really, as you look back, you're like, wow, that was kind of a breakthrough moment for me, or that that's mm-hmm. a significant thing that got me to where I am today. Yeah, I think probably the first big breakthrough moment was my opportunity to work in television. So Mm. prior to working in television, I was working in technology. I was really fascinated by the digital space and where it was headed and how it was going to transform brands and businesses. But I never really thought about television as being, you know, where I would end up. So when I had the opportunity to interview for my job with the Oxygen Network back when it was independent prior to the NBCU acquisition, that was, I think, for me, transformative. It really put me in a space where I could take everything I was passionate about and had learned and understood about the digital space and its future and combine that with entertainment brands and, you know, television that was at the time, you know, geared towards women. And that really set, I think, certainly my career on a course where, you know, a marketer who is marketing across multiple platforms, including those emerging, really sort of changed everything for me. Yeah. And so talk to me because now everyone's doing the opposite, right? Everyone's going from TV to digital. But what was it like for you back then to move from digital to something that was really, as we know now, right, in the linear kind of TV Mm -hmm. space? Well, it was interesting because back then, I guess it was around 2006, the primary goal, the directive of the business and the way that they monetized themselves was, you know, really based on linear ratings. It was getting eyeballs to watch a show at a very specific time of day. You know, DVR was kind of a bad word. Time shifting was a bad word. And so all of our firepower, if you will, was really geared towards that tune-in moment. So coming in as a digital person, I don't know initially that it was as well understood how my skill set could, you know, help engage people with these shows and with the ultimate mission, but we learned very quickly that social obviously was a meeting space for people with shared passions. And so, you know, really putting into focus how we could get fans of these shows together and talking and talking with each other and us ultimately kind of, you know, helped us achieve the end goal. And we all know where we are today. And and that is, you know, people consume entertainment on their own time. And we've all kind of figured out how to let the money catch up with that a little bit. Yeah. And, and talk to me about some of those, those iconic shows that you, you worked on back in the day. Oh, wow. Well, there were so many. Our number one show for quite some time, I believe it was the number one show on cable Tuesday nights at 10, was a show called Bad Girls Club. And, <laughs> you know, Bad Girls Club was really about young 20-something women uh, coming from all different walks of life together to navigate relationships and plenty of drama, but also some, you know, kind of inspirational moments as well. And, you know, that show is important, I would say, regardless of how you felt about uh, the content or the concept itself, was just the pure scale. It really told you something about kind of what young women were connecting to and relating to. And I think, you know, some of the, the dramas and the interpersonal issues were very relatable. So that was one show. And uh, we obviously had the opportunity to work with Tori Spelling on several seasons of her show and got to see, you know, her family evolve over time. So 
it was really fun. It was really all about uh, pop culture and women and the celebration of both. Yeah. And what was kind of the most uh, exciting thing that you worked on over at Oxygen? So probably one of the most exciting shows I had the opportunity to work on was the Glee Project. I love Glee Project. <laughs> it was fabulous. Do you remember? I, you know, I want to say Glee, Ryan Murphy's Glee was probably the number one show on television at the time. If it wasn't number one, it was very close to it. And we had this like extraordinarily rare opportunity to build a competition reality show that essentially allowed uh, people to audition for a two-episode appearance on the next season of Glee. And one of the reasons I think that was, you know, so much fun was just you know, being able to kind of tap into all the excitement and how much everyone was embracing the show that really put not just music, but I think diversity and acceptance and all of these really beautiful themes to the forefront in ways that maybe competition reality doesn't, you know, always get the opportunity to do. So uh, looking back, I'd have to say that was that was probably one of my favorites. Well, and yeah, I mean, and it actually launched people's careers, right? I mean, it was like Alex Newell, who we see on Broadway now, and yes. Ali Stoker, right? Um, you know, in a time when we still don't see a lot of people with disabilities, you know, on TV or on stage, like these, they were just kids back then. Absolutely. That's absolutely true. And there's nothing more satisfying than seeing somebody kind of uh, take a big risk and just watch how it kind of pays off over time. And, you know, while reality television and drama is great, I feel like Glee kind of brought this sweet sort of balance to all of it a little bit that everyone really appreciated and, and had a lot of fun with. Yeah, I mean, it definitely had the heart. In fact, I think that's where I learned how to sing harmony to raise your glass when they were <laughs> da dancing on the rooftop of some building, right? See, you can see how influential that was on my own life, Jen. <laughs> I love it. We might have to end this episode on a Jason uh, solo acapella. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. So so talk to me, Jen. What were some of the other big career breakthrough moments that, that sort of led you to where you are today with the Eagles? Yeah, when I think about my journey, I kind of think about it in three parts. So the first was that entree into television, which, as I said, was very transformative in terms of the way I thought about the potential long-term for my career and, and skills. But for a, a significant chunk of time between, you know, having worked uh, in television and where I am now, I was consulting. And I think, you know, consulting and having had the opportunity to partner with executives across all different types of businesses and get this 360 view of the challenges and opportunities that were in front of them really taught me a lot. I, I can remember times, you know, being an executive myself where I would wonder if other people either in my, you know, business or, you know, businesses that were close to mine were struggling with the same things or mm. seeing the same things as opportunities. And, you know, sometimes we're great at sharing and sometimes we're kind of siloed. So, yeah. you know, being given that kind of trust to come into a business and help them look five years down the road in a moment that was very, very disruptive, particularly for traditional media, was a huge growth experience and taught me a lot of things that I continue to apply to this day. Yeah.
Yeah. And then, so talk to me about this shift into sports. I mean, how did you even get involved with the Eagles as someone that kind of didn't grow up in the sports world? (laughs) Right. Exactly. So, well, I got a phone call when uh, my husband and I were coming home from a ski trip. And I don't ski, by the way. He skis. I was apres skiing probably the whole time. <laughs> and <laughs> I got a phone call from a recruiter who was, you know, leading the search for a new head of marketing at the Eagles. And I think my first, uh, the first thing I said to him was, are you sure you meant to call me? You know, did, did, you, did you look at my LinkedIn? Did you look at my resume? You know, you do know I've never worked in sports before, right? And he said, yeah, we know. And actually, it's one of the reasons why we were interested in kind of bringing you into the fold. And what I ultimately learned going through the process and having several meetings with my now boss, who's the president and, you know, our chairman and owner, Jeffrey Lurie, was what they were looking for was somebody who brought, you know, diversity of thought to the business. Someone that didn't necessarily spend the last several years thinking about sports in a traditional way, particularly at a moment where they were trying to think, you know, less traditionally. And certainly they've been progressive and continue to be progressive. But I give them a lot of credit looking back. I think some may look at and say, wow, that was a that was a risk to bring someone new into the fold because while there were lots of things I had to offer on day one, there was a lot I had to learn. And they were, yeah. you know, so terrific. My team, you know, taught me a lot about sports. And I'd like to think I taught them some things maybe that were new to them, having come from media. But uh, yeah, it was a, a non-traditional move that um, I think really paid off. At least I would hope they'd say so. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure they would say so. But what was the hardest part for you? Like once once you settled in, what was the hardest part about moving to something that felt so different than what you had traditionally done? Well, the first thing I did was challenge myself myself to not think about the differences, but to think Mm. about the similarities. And maybe that was a move on my part to not get psyched out. (laughs) (laughs) taking such a, you know, leap into the unknown. But that first exercise for me really helped ground me in what the similarities actually were. And I, not to be super reductive, but it was like, okay, this is entertainment. It's televised entertainment. There's a season, there's an off season, there are storylines, there's Mm. talent. And once I started to think about it that way, I thought like, oh, I really, I can, I can build a bridge between these two things that otherwise felt very different. And you know, I think the thing that was the most different, it's such a, it's such a people driven business. It's a relationship driven business. And even coming from NBC Universal and Comcast, very, very big companies, governing bodies, lots of, you know, people to, to know and meet and build relationships with. Um, I would say it was similar in that respect, you know, really getting to understand the NFL and who the people were that were leading these visions for the league. And, uh, you know, similarly within my own organization, but but they were so welcoming and the relationship piece ended up being a wonderful part of the journey. And then it was like the details, the thing I really, the things I leaned on my team to help me understand, including just sort of details of the game. I've been a student of football now for, you know, three and a half years. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably like the history. There's a lot of history and, you know, sports is so much about legacy. And so understanding the storylines and, and the people and the players, that came, you know, before my time there was um, was something I, I really leaned on them to help me learn over time. And I'm still learning. 
Yeah. And Jen, one thing that strikes me is so interesting, but also fun about being part of, you know, an iconic NFL team is, you know, in other things, it's like we're, we're marketing to people, you know, through TV and social media, but you actually like can walk right out into a stadium and you walk right into this amazing, you know, city and community that's Philly. What's kind of the difference for you in terms of being able to like see the audience right there? Well, you nailed it. So people will say, what's the difference between, you know, being a marketer for an NFL team and being a marketer for a media company? And the answer is absolutely that eight or nine times a year at minimum, you are putting on a show for 70,000 people who love you in ways that's (laughs) even hard to describe. You know, the, well, you know, the, the passion I should say is there. And we have such an amazing, passionate fan base that I can't really describe what it feels like to stand on the field and hear that many people, you know, rooting for this thing that you've been given the, the opportunity to kind of steward. And it's a lot of responsibility. Responsibility, but I remember it, Jason. You'll completely appreciate this. You know, when you work in television, you work. You know, so many people work so hard for so long to put together a premiere of a new show, and yeah. the goal is like, God, you just want people to love it. You just want them to fall in love with this thing that's brand new that you created. And so you'd put this thing out in the world at nine or ten o'clock at night, and then everyone would sit chewing their fingernails, waiting for the overnights to come in. You know, did we <laughs> succeed? And in football. The gratification is it's immediate. You know, it is that feeling of live, you know, that people who work in live television can relate to. But the feedback is incredible. And that I would say is, you know, probably the biggest, the biggest difference and one of the most rewarding parts of, of the job. Yeah. And I know, you know, taking this job was also about moving to Philadelphia. So mm-hmm. how did that play into your thinking and, and choices and trade-offs in terms of your career? Well. I I didn't know too, too much about Philadelphia prior to moving here. You know, I'd come up on the Acela for meetings at Comcast every now and then, but that was like, you know, train in and out of the building and back home. And so, you know, what was interesting is I had a chance to talk to a lot of people who were born and raised in Philly before coming, and they got me really excited. I mean, I, I knew that you know, I had an opportunity to be in a city where there was an incredible amount of passion for the thing that, you know, I would be helping this team to do, which right off the bat is extremely rewarding. But then you learn, you know, Philadelphia is a city of incredibly rich culture. Like aside from the fact that we're the birthplace of America, you learn that we have (laughs) the We have the most amazing sports fans, amazing restaurants. You know, in fact, when we first got here, we were sort of eating our way through Philadelphia, you could say. (laughs) And so when the pandemic hit, it was such a bummer because it almost put like a, you know, bit of a pause on the exploration of the city. But I still got to, you know, live it through football, which is great. And now we are right back on the eating tour. So it's been. (laughs) And what's your go to Philly eat? What are you obsessed with? Oh my with? gosh. Well, okay. So everyone talks about cheesesteaks. So I'm not going to talk about cheesesteaks, even though they are fantastic. And I don't dare endorse anyone because everyone has a very <laughs> emotional connection to it. But 
you know, probably my favorite restaurant that I tell everybody to go to is Soraya, mm. which is just this delicious restaurant in Fishtown. There are so many. If you ever want recommendations, I'll give them to you. But what I also learned in the process was Philadelphia was this kind of unique beneficiary for all of these restaurant concepts as the uh, real estate market and the cost of real estate increased so much in New York and D.C. These, you know, fantastic, talented chefs kind of converged on Philadelphia where it was a little more affordable to execute. And now, you know, we get the gift of all of their wonderful creations. So yeah, I love it. I'm a foodie. So, (laughs) (laughs) so Jen, let's talk a little bit about your brand. Mm -hmm. So give me three words that you would use to describe your brand as a marketer and an executive. Three words, I would say curious, Mm. collaborative, and optimistic. I tend to look at things um, maybe through rose-colored glasses, but it's just the way I am, so there's nothing I can do about it. I am very curious. I'm curious what, you know, makes people do what they do and what makes people happy and what makes people unhappy and what makes brands culturally relevant versus not relevant. So I think that has served me well in all aspects of my career. I tend to try to maintain a beginner's mindset about everything. And the minute I think I know it all, I check myself and say, Mm. you really don't know anything. And the truth is, our culture moves so fast. I mean, we can all relate to how the last two years has impacted people and caused us to rethink priorities and our values and how we want to live their lives. And so just staying in that curiosity mindset and being as collaborative as possible, knowing everyone wants a seat at the table. Everyone wants to be connected to great ideas. Everyone wants to feel heard and seen. And so I see my job kind of above all else as the person whose job it is to to do that for the teams and for the organization. Yeah. And so curious, collaborative, optimistic. Have you always been those things? I know you kind of said the optimistic piece, or has this really evolved for you over your career? I would say curious and optimistic have always been, you know, part of my DNA. And not that I wasn't collaborative, but I learned something really important as uh, I grew professionally. And that was that my success is more heavily determined by my ability to grow other people Mm. than to be the person who knows everything all the time. Mm. And I can't honestly tell you when I was getting started that I fully understood that. I really thought I had to be the best. The ideas should come from me and that's why they hired me and that's why they're paying me. And I really need to live up to that expectation. And while Sometimes, you know, individual contribution is important and it is always where I am today. And I believe what got me here today was much more via this mindset shift and execution of really understanding my success is based on the success of other people. Yeah. And Jen, what were some of those moments or experiences you had that informed or gave you like, ah, aha, I've, I've got to switch this. I have to change this mindset. Yeah, so I have kind of, I I have a few humbling stories. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> the you know the the names have been erased to protect those parties involved. But no, the story is really about me and a mistake that that I made um, that I learned from. And you know, there was a moment where I was working, you know, for someone brand new who didn't know me well. I was very motivated to impress them, really make them feel like, you know, I was the right person to lead this business and that I was a big thinker and that I was uh, someone who, you know, understood what was ultimately going to make uh, my part of the business successful over time. And I just told the story recently, but sort of went into, you know, my own space and put together a bunch of ideas prior to our first real meeting together and felt like, again, it was important that they understand that I was the person who, you know, have these big ideas, right? Because that's why you're paying me to be a big thinker. And the net yeah. net of it was I presented all of the ideas and was immediately told that I shared a whole bunch of tactics and no strategy, which Ooh. was... Uh, Mm-hmm. Which was true. It was true. It's a hundred percent true, right? I went in there with a bunch of ideas that weren't necessarily informed by other people and should have been. I was green. I was young. I was yeah. just kind of trying to figure it all out. And that moment was very humbling, and I'm incredibly grateful for it because it was the moment in which I really sort of shifted my mindset towards the idea that. It wasn't just about me and my ideas. It was about how I can lead the collective. Yeah. Yeah. What a great story of of just kind of being able to make that pivot too, which not mm-hmm. everyone can, right? Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was grateful for it. Mm-hmm. So Jen, talk to me. I love talking to marketing people because I want to, mm-hmm. I want your thoughts here as someone that's a marketer and, and has stewarded amazing brands. What are some of the things that you do with the Eagles or the other brands you've worked with that you feel individuals could actually apply to building their own personal or professional brand? Wow. This is a really good one too. You know, we, I think it was my CFO that said it so beautifully once, which was, you know, what we really sell at the end of the day is passion. Mm. And we sell passion and we are an authentic brand. Authenticity sort of rules everything that we do. And so when we commit ourselves to being the best competitor, to winning championships, to advocating for the autistic community, for supporting our you know, environment through sustainability activities, these are the things that we hope will both connect with people who share those same values and potentially inspire people who may not have been connected to those values to find inside what's important to them. You know, what does it mean to be, you know, your own champion or to, you know, light a fire around your own sort of competitive spirit and Mm. give back to the community in whatever way makes the most sense for you. So I think, you know, we really try to be a lead by example in that sense, but always do it in a way that is authentic to us. Yeah. Talk to me about authenticity. What are some of the things that you do to show up to be your best authentic self? I believe, Jason, that vulnerability is invincibility. And I share this with my team 
a lot. Kind of ties back to the story I told earlier. I really let go of the fear of being vulnerable because I knew that if I wasn't able to be vulnerable, I wouldn't be able to be authentic. And if I can't be authentic, I'm not going to connect and deliver on the the kind of personal mission that I've set for myself. So I don't think I need to know everything. I don't need to know all of the answers. I'm certainly not afraid to say that I was wrong about something. And I think in the long run, it's helped me be, you know, more of just who I am truly, but it helps people. You generate a lot of trust with people when you're willing to be vulnerable because everyone feels vulnerable at some point, but they don't always know that it's okay to show that. And certainly not everyone thinks that it's okay to be vulnerable when you reach a certain point in your career. And I just think, you know, that those old archetypes of uh, what it means to be a leader have changed and empathy is much more at the forefront. And I think it's difficult to be empathetic and authentic without being willing to be vulnerable. Yeah. And and how does that show up? Where what's an example of where you've been vulnerable and that really helped you be who you are and inspire trust in others? I think it's just that. I think it's making sure that um people see that you care about their ideas, that they are price, you know, part of the process of building great things and that it doesn't all happen in a vacuum, being willing to admit, you know, when you're wrong or when you don't know about something or saying to someone else, you know, you're the subject matter expert, not me. My job in this case as a leader is to support you, shape the ideas, make sure that they fit with, you know, within the ultimate objectives of the team, get obstacles out of your way, Mm. get resources in your way, (laughs) you know, get you what you need to, (laughs) to be successful. And that, you know, I think my team would say sounds very much like the meetings and conversations we have all the time. And that's, you know, that's been key for me, but um, is also just a relief because it's very hard to pretend to be something that you're not. Yeah. And you mentioned a little bit about wanting to be able to fulfill that personal mission that you have. Share a little bit about what what is that mission that you feel that you're on? I feel very passionately about, you know, helping people grow women, also women in sports. Uh, Women are largely underrepresented, though we are seeing, you know, really inspiring kind of change to those circumstances. So, you know, where and how I can fulfill on that mission, I am there full, you know, full force. So a lot of that comes through making time for mentorship, making time for a lot of conversations. You know, you can imagine I get a lot of um, people who reach out to me via LinkedIn that I maybe don't have a relationship with who are looking for some advice. And, you know, it's hard to talk to everyone, but I try really, really hard to be present and make those connections because sometimes even a 15-minute conversation can be the difference between someone's confidence about moving into something that they're passionate about versus not. And fortunately, I work for an organization that has always really supported women. I mean, our front office is, I think we still have more women in our front office than, you know, any other team. It's certainly not characteristic of sports at large. So um, just helping to move that forward, you know, girls, youth sports is something I'm very passionate about and that the team is passionate about. In fact, we just launched our first uh, girls flag high school football team or league, I should say. 
And the goal is, you know, get 100 teams in the state of Pennsylvania on board so we can get it uh, to be an officially sanctioned sport. Um, girls who are passionate about football should have everything they need to play and to compete. So we also, with the help of the league, were able to make a $100,000 donation to purchase sports bras for, you know, young girls in our area who who need them. It was a barrier to entry. So little things like that that aren't so little are things that are just personally important to me. Yeah, that's so awesome. Jen, tell me, when you were little, what did you want to be when you grew up? (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, let's see. Little, little, you know, I probably wanted to be a veterinarian or something. I loved animals always, but uh, I majored in psychology. I really wanted to be a psychologist. I thought that I was going to be like an FBI profiler. So everything you see on, you know, criminal minds and those jobs that that have become so fascinating was something that um, I was, you know, really interested in. And then you know, having gone to school for it, I realized, okay, well, I don't think I want to be a psychologist per se, but I'm still really, really interested in people and what makes people tick and how they think and approach things. And I think that curiosity and the thing that interests me about what makes people do what they do has served me well in business uh, and in marketing in general. So um, it was fortuitous, you know, I guess in the long run. But yeah, I thought I was going to be an FBI profiler. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be your late life career, right? (laughs) I'll go to Quantico when I'm 60. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So, Jen, a couple of quick, fun, final questions for you. We've been talking a little bit about your brand as uh, a leader and an executive. What is your favorite brand as a consumer? What are you obsessed with right now? Brands that I'm obsessed with, for whatever reason, brings me back to entertainment and maybe just like my storytelling obsession in general. But I know it's not a brand, though there are brands that are doing it really well, and that would be uh, just in the podcasting space in general. I think that Wondery and some of these other storytelling or podcasting platforms are doing such an amazing job bringing things to life that people are really connecting with. Probably most recently, this fascination we have with con artists and people, right, who have um, masterminded, maybe not in the best way, uh, and all the stories that are coming out of it. It's like so fascinating to me that something can be a documentary or a docu-series, but then also have, you know, 50 hours worth of podcast, ancillary podcast storytelling built in all around it. And I just think, you know, that that is such a cool part of where we are as a, you know, omni-channel world. I guess, to use a buzzword, you know, there's so many different ways to get people to connect. And so I'm kind of obsessed by that with that. And, you know, brands that have just social good baked into them, you know, they get my money, Bombas, Toms, you know, I think everyone's really starting to understand the importance of social responsibility, regardless of what their business model is, because, you know, people want to feel and demonstrate that they care about something bigger than themselves when they, you know, pull out their wallet. So. Yeah. And if Jen Kavanaugh was a type of car, what type of car would you be? Probably like an SUV, not only because I ate a lot during COVID, but also... (laughs) We all did. Also because I think, you know, like, I don't know, I think think I'm sort of like multi... 
don't know, multi-purpose is the right word, but like, I like a good adventure. I don't consider myself pretentious, but I like to have fun. And so I think about, you know, like we have a truck and we've had many adventures in it, dog in the back, you know, that whole thing. So probably um, an SUV. I don't know. I feel like that's such a weird answer, but. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of think it was the perfect answer. Um, And Jen, finally, what's the best career advice that you'd like to pass on to our listeners? I think the best advice I could give to someone professionally based on my experience and lessons I've learned is that skills and abilities are great and they're important, but people wanting to work with you is almost more important to your long-term success, particularly if you are someone who needs to galvanize people around a mission or inspire people in a direction, you know, be the person that they want to have the early morning breakfast with or sit next to on the plane or have tough conversations with because you can always learn skills and, you know, grow as you go. But as a human being, you know, be the person that that people want to work with. In fact, um, a gentleman named Ryan Blank, who um, is wonderful and we've had the chance to work with at some point, said, you know, be the leader worth following. And I really, I really believe in that. Well, Jen, thank you for sharing and being curious and collaborative and optimistic. It has been great having you on the show and great to reconnect. Thank you so much, Jason. It was so fun to talk to you and congrats on all the success. Ah, thank you. And we'll be back in just a few moments with my final thoughts. Are you tired of not being recognized for your work? Are you ready to rise above the rest and accelerate to the next level? The Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program will help you take control of your career, develop your own unique brand, and catapult you to a whole new level of success. You are a top performer, and the Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program is what you need to get you there. Visit leadwithyourbrand.com to learn how. Well, that was a spectacular conversation with Jen, and it jogs so many memories of some of the fabulous shows that she has worked on over her years as an amazing marketer. But you know what really stood out to me? What really stood out to me was this whole notion that Jen took a leap going into sports after she felt like sports wasn't her thing, that she couldn't go in and do that. But it was a great reminder that your talents and your skills are transferable. You are constantly building your toolkit or your trunk full of skills. And just like riding a bike, you may not use it all of the time, but once you get back on that bike, you can come back up to speed really quickly. At the end of the day, what Jen realized was it is her toolkit plus her passions 
And maybe she wasn't originally passionate about football, but she realized she was passionate about fans. She was passionate about serving the community. She was passionate about helping people be their best selves. And all of that was within this opportunity with one of the country's top NFL teams. So as you think about guiding your career, don't dismiss opportunities that may not seem obvious. In many cases, you might find, as Jen found, that there's more similarities than differences, and your talents in your toolkit plus your passion can meet the needs of that organization. Well, that's the show for us today. If you loved what you heard, make sure that you are following us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll give you a brand new conversation every single Tuesday. Now, check me out on social media. I'm at Jason Patria on all platforms, and I'd love if you connected on LinkedIn, where I share tons of tips and tricks on how you can lead with your brand to your next career breakthrough. And most importantly, ask yourself right now in your career are you a boring old commodity like coffee that's defined by your job title or are you a super premium brand like starbucks that has people waiting in line you've been listening to lead with your brand the podcast that explores and uncovers exceptional career success stories and inspiring personal brand journeys with your host personal branding expert diversity advocate and keynote speaker jason patria Remember to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us at leadwithyourbrand.com.